This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 32, starting with verse 3, and we're at that, we're at that time where Jacob has his, his, not his first meeting with God, but his most important meeting with God, the meeting where he really is set on the path of becoming and being who God really made him to be. And uh, that is going to involve his past and it's going to involve his future. And that's the neat thing about when we have our meeting with God, when we have that time. And I describe it as, as, as that awakening, that time we realize who we are and we begin to function as who we are in his kingdom. There is the wooing of the Holy Spirit that takes place all the time. And that happens once you're born again, once you've got that new spirit placed in you, God woos you and you have that conversion experience. And that's where you realize that God loves you and that God has a plan for you and that God has taken your sin your sin, and cast it as far as the east is from the west from you. And that is a wonderful time. But I will say this, in my experience, an equally more po- as powerful a time as the time where you're converted and you begin to explore your relationship with God, you begin to walk that walk of salvation. As important a time is the time where you realize that God has a significant work for you to do. He has a, you're you're actually a part of his eternal plan for his universe. It is a, it's a powerful experience. It's a time where you realize I have gifts and I have talents and I have things that God wants. He wants to make a part of my life. And that moment is a powerful moment where you realize that God is actually, not only does he love me, not only did he die for my sins, not only am I redeemed by him, but he actually has purpose for my life. He has something for me to do. I'm going to be a part of God's plan. And that realization requires a couple of things. It requires us to deal with our past, deal with who we really are, and realize that God's doing the whole work. It's not me that's doing it. It's God that's doing it, and I get to be a part of it. It's also coming to terms with this whole thing that binds us up, which is fear and doubt. The fear and doubt that comes from who who we've been in the past and all of our struggles and all the things that have been told to us that we're not and we can't be, coming to terms with that, being real about that, being having reality in our own heart and our own mind about that, realizing that, so what if all that's true? So what if all that happened? God is God, and he has chosen me to be a part of his plan. And coming to that realization and coming to that reality and allowing the things that have happened in our past, and they are real, allowing the things that have happened in our past to pass away and not impede my future. Now, does that mean that I always get to do everything that I want to do? No. But what it is a realization, okay, this is where I am. This is what's happened. This, This is what's come about. 
and I'm going to just do what I'm supposed to do with God. And that's what Jacob is doing here. He is coming to terms with his past so that he might have a reality in his future. It says in verse 3 of chapter 32, then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother in the land of Sir. Notice, he's coming back home. He's coming back to where he grew up, and he is initially confronting the main issue that he left for. And the issue that he left for is that his brother Esau wanted to kill him because he had stolen his he had stolen his blessing from his father and his mother Jacob's father and mother sent him off they sent him off and they said you you got to get out of here Isaac and Rebecca said you got to go and we're going to send you off and you go and find a wife from our homeland and when you get back maybe everything will be okay and understanding that his deceit and his desire to have his own way notice it's not God's way it's his own way his desire to have it his way has put him in a put him in a bad position, and his sin had bound him up and sent him off to to a foreign place. Now, remember the course of life that God places us on. The things that we deal with, they have purpose and meaning. He may not have enjoyed that twenty years he spent with Laban, his father-in-law, but it was very productive. It's obvious that he met with God on the way, and they met with God on the way back. It's obvious that he was blessed in that time period. Just because you're not exactly where you want to be or you even feel is the center of God's will for you doesn't mean that God's not working his will out in your life. Just because you don't feel like you're in the... And trust me, I have been in places where I realized, you know what, I'm here and I'm only here for a season. And that season is very temporary, but I don't really enjoy being here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this situation. I don't want to be in these circumstances. I don't want to be doing what I'm doing here. But I realized that after it's over, I realized that I learned a lot. There was a lot that I became in the midst of those circumstances, which was in preparation for the circumstances where God had for me in the future. It was in preparation for me to learn and to grow and to deal with me and also to learn how to use my gifts and my talents in the best possible way so that when he places me in my, I guess, my, my, my zone of hope and zone of power, when he places me in that zone, I'd be ready. And Jacob is off, and he's doing that. Now he's all of a sudden returned. He's come back, and he's confronting his issue. And his issue is his brother. Says Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, and it says the country of Eden, Edom. And by the way, Esau becomes the the father of the Edomites. He he is the father of the, that group of people, and you're going to see them. You're going to see them throughout the rest of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You're going to see that group of people because they are they're an issue. They're an issue. They're always going to be an issue, but. That being said, Esau is his brother, and he's sending to him. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my lord Esau. Notice he's being humble. He's placing Esau in the power position. He's saying to Esau, You're my lord. And the reason is because he's wronged Esau, and he knows that. And so he says, Say to my lord Esau, Thus your servant Jacob says, And the greatest place for you to be as far as learning to walk in power and grace is the realization that you're not perfect. So many times we as believers look at other Christians that we feel are ahead of us, or maybe they've got it going on, and we say, you know, that guy, he's perfect. 
He's got a, He's got it all figured out. And the truth is the most powerful of God's servants are the ones who, at their very core and their very nature, realize the flawed nature of their life, the flawedness of who they are. And I don't even know if flawedness is a word, but it ought to be. And so they realize how just utterly flawed they are. And that's what makes them powerful. You see, what makes grace powerful in your life is the realization, it's the realization that grace is what's making me. And see, when I place my focus on that grace, when I say, I'm flawed, I'm messed up, I'm a sinner, I've got all these issues, I struggle with fear, and I struggle with doubt, and I struggle with shame, and I struggle with all this stuff, but God and His grace, but God and who He is, and that but God is the power source. And the only way for me to get to the place where I go, but God, is I realize who I am, and then I say, but God is in the middle of this. But God is at work in this. But God is doing this. And the spigot's turned on. The fresh water's flowing. The power's available. Because I have ignited that grace. I've ignited that mercy. And I've made it possible that I can walk in it in its fullness because it's evident in who I am and what I'm doing. And that's what Jacob's doing here. You notice he's setting himself up to walk in the power. He's humbling himself to the one he's wronged. He's not acting like he deserves something because he doesn't deserve anything. He says, and he commanded them saying, speak thus to my Lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. He's saying, I've been with Laban for 20 years. What he's saying is, I've been in prison for 20 years. He says, I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male and female servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I might find favor in your sight. What he's saying is, I've been blessed. I've overcome. I've done what I should have done in the land that I'm in. And it says, then messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau. And he also is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. What? So we talked to Jacob and he didn't kill us. We talked to Esau and he didn't kill us. And he's coming to see you. He's coming to see you, Jacob. He's coming to see you. And he's got 400 men with him. Why 400 men? The truth is that Esau can't, can't trust Jacob. And so he doesn't really know why Jacob's coming. And so he's got to see for himself. But he's smart enough to realize that I'm not going to go see it. I'm not going to go out there and meet Jacob by myself. I'm going to make sure I he understands who I am. Um, this is a little bit of puffing, a little bit of swelling up to show his brother who he is because he really doesn't know who Jacob is right now. He doesn't realize who he is. He says, I'm coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. And so Jacob was greatly afraid. Notice his confrontation of his past brings about, it stirs that fear up. And there's nothing wrong with that. Listen to me. That's going to happen. When you deal with your past and who you are, fear is stirred up inside of you. I know that intimately. I know that. You you become paralyzed by it many times. There, there's no doubt about it. You, your struggles of your past, they define you. They really do. But they only define you in the best possible way when you confront them. And when you confront them, that fear 
that shame, that trouble is going, is stirring up, is stirring up the, it's like getting in Lake Martin. Lake Martin is a, is a lake that's created by a dam and the, uh, when they created it, they had to knock down all the trees, cut down all the trees, and make the area where the lake was going to be. They had to clear it off so that it wasn't dangerous to have a lake. And it's that red Alabama clay that's got that rust in it. It's got a high iron content. And when you add water to it, it's that looking clay out there. And when you step out into it for the first time, you stir up that clay in the bottom of the lake, and it it stirs all that red mud in the water. And Lake Martin is a beautiful lake. It's a wonderful lake to enjoy and to play in. But when you first step into it, that mud, that clay of the past, it's stirred up and it can be very ugly. And let me say this, God's plan for you is as beautiful as Lake Martin is. It's as beautiful as anything you can imagine. And it's a wonderful place to be. In the middle of God's plan is a wonderful place to be. But when you begin to step into it the first time, what is dredged up in your life is all the trouble and the sorrow and the pain of the past. And it just as a smoke, it looks like smoke in the water, if you want to know the truth, that all that clay just stirs up and it looks like the water becomes smoky. And it seems, this seems like a place that's beautiful and place to play, but it's not a place for me because, because look how nasty it is right here at the start. And many times for believers, that keeps them from swimming on out into the deep water and allowing God to show them the wonder of what he's made for them. They get in there and, and my wife hates the lake in that sense. She loves the lake. She loves being here, but she does not want to touch the bottom. Why? Because it dredges up all that mud. And so many times we want to not touch the bottom because we don't want we don't want all that past to be stirred up. You can't get out into the middle of the lake unless you do one of two things. You got to either walk out there in that water or you got to get in a boat. And a boat always represents salvation. And let me tell you what, let me tell you, both ways are great. You can walk in your salvation out in the middle of the water, or the truth is you can get out of the boat. But the facts are getting out of the boat may be the most amazing way to do it. And getting out of the boat is exactly what is needed for you to experience it. Look, your past is your past. There's no way to get past that. But your future is only available to you in its fullness when you confront your past, when you are real with your past, when you become truthful in your own heart with your past. And Esau's coming with 400 men. And Jacob's going to have to deal with it. What a powerful picture is happening here. It says that, verse 7, So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. He divided his people so that at least some of them might escape if Esau was coming to kill them. And he said, if Esau, is, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. Notice, he, he's preparing for the worst. Now, <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with preparing for the worst, but the truth is you can't handle the worst. That's the fact. You can't handle the worst. 
if you could handle the worst, if you could deal with all your past and all your struggles and you could fix it and make it right, they wouldn't have been struggles and it wouldn't have been the worst. The truth is that in order for grace and mercy to have its full purpose and design in your life, in order for that to happen, you got to confront it. You got to go after it. You got to deal with it. And that means you got to let God deal with it. You got to let his grace make it happen. You got to let God fulfill himself in it. If you could have dealt with it, you already would have. You can't. You got to let God. You got to step out of the way and let God be God in the midst of it. And by doing that, you overcome it because we don't overcome by our own work. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the, by the power of our testimony. That's how we overcome. And the blood of the lamb pays for the sorrow, the pain, the, the failure, the shame. It pays for all that. But the word of our testimony is the word of life and hope that God has given us because of that payment. And wow, that's how we do it. That's how it's happened. And overcoming it's not something you've got to do. It's, so, it's something that God's going to do. And you've got to let him by getting in the water, by allowing the mud to get stirred up a little bit, and then ultimately moving through it. It said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. Now, tomorrow we're going to deal with Esau talking to God about it because I think it's very powerful that how he deals with God. And then God's going to come meet with him. And that's even more powerful. So we got a great week ahead of us. Looking forward to our Bible studies about Esau and about Jacob dealing with his past and allowing God to bring about his future. What a wonderful story. This chapter 32 is going to be a lot of fun. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.